0: This is the Horse Radio Network. This is Lesson 40 of the Equine Clicker 101 podcast on the Horse Radio Network. Hand targets and recalls. Equine Clicker 101 is a podcast that takes you to the class to learn and practice clicker training for your horse. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. They are Via Nova Training and Cavalier Feeds. This is Shauna Karish, and in today's episode, we're going to talk about a skill that is really, really helpful, and it is hand targets and recalls. So a recall, of course, you you know what that is. People are familiar doing that with a dog. It is a way to get your horses to come to you. And then a hand target is, is one of the things I tend to use in recalls. So I teach them a lot of times what I like to do is teach their name and then I present an open hand as a hand target. So that is a way I can do a close-up recall. And then we have a way we can do far away recalls. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in our episode today and about how to train those different pieces. So it's a great, it's a great skill for all horses to have. One of the things that people ask me all the time is like, where can I buy clickers? Where can I get one of those side buckets? Where could I get a target? Where could I get a book? Where could I, how do I, what do I? And so what you could do is, of course, you can use, you can find clickers all over the place. Nowadays, you didn't used to be able to, we kind of have some specialized ones because of what we're doing, but you can also find them on my website. So all that stuff is available on my website. You can Google shawnacarish.com or on dash target dash training dot com or com. But again, if you just Google Shauna Karish, you'll come to those sites. And on there you can find products on my uh my site is linked with ViaNova and you can go to the Shauna Karish pages and you can find the products and you can find uh podcasts and you can find Ask John Answers, wh- whichever. You can also find information about what we're up to at Via Nova or what, uh, just more information in general. You can even sign up for our newsletter. And you know what? Let's learn a little bit more about Via Nova since we brought them up. So let's learn more about them. At Via Nova, our mission is to bring awareness to of positive reinforcement training to the mainstream equestrian world from the top competitors to the casual enthusiast. It helps to create happy horses and ultimately improves the athletic performance. So if you are performing with your horse, it can help you to have a happy athlete or it can have a happy trail horse, whichever you want. It creates a unique bond with your horse and it can be used to help save some behavioral issues on the ground or even under saddle. As I said, I'm based out of there and I have the expertise and experience that can help bring you to the next stage of the game. Also, Vianova offers coaching and education and positive reinforcement that enhances any training program. And we're based in lovely Santa Fe, New Mexico. So it's a great place to come for workshops or positive reinforcement, but also enjoy the Southwest scenery, shopping and dining. And boy, do we have good dining. Visit VianovaTraining.com and you can sign up for our newsletter and you can stay abreast of what's going on out here Vianova. Alrighty, so here we are going to talk about hand targets and recalls. Okay, so let's clarify, let's start with the targeting part. In episode or lesson three, I think it is, we talked about introducing a target, but it was a handheld target. So, uh, so it's a, it was like a buoy on a stick or whatever you've decided to use as a target. So it's teaching the horse to follow that target, to go to that target. It becomes something very identifiable and easy to carry and use. But another thing I like to do is I like to teach them to touch my hand as a target. Now I'm and and so I use an open hand and I tend to present it in a way that it feels like it's been presented you know it's kind of a sharp little open hand like here it is and touch the target so I like to teach them to touch and come to my hand target my open hand it makes it easy for when I don't happen to have a target on me You know, let's say I'm trying to get the horse in the trailer and he's, you know, I need him to come up front so I can back him up or whichever. I can call him and maneuver a little bit utilizing my hand targets or if the horse is in the cross ties or the horse, you know, there's a lot of, I'm trying to feed and they're in the way. I can use a hand target to bring their head and nose further away. So they learn to touch their head and nose to my hand. So I tend to do that and I tend to pair their name with it. So I would say Murray. And then I present my hand target. And pretty soon when he would hear his name, he would look over and then he would come to the hand target. So that was a recall that could happen in a closer distance. So the hand target though, there's, the hand target tends to not be quite as strong as the handheld target. So I think the, I think our hands are somewhat desensitized. Say, see our hands all the time. The hands ne- don't necessarily mean one thing. The handheld target has one purpose. And they see that handheld target and they're like, I know what to do with that. I touch that. I touch that. I touch that. So, so I like to have the handheld target. It means more. It's very easy to identify. It tends to have one sole purpose. Our hands have a thousand purposes. And so they become somewhat desensitized. It's like using a verbal bridge signal versus using the clicker or a whistle as a bridge signal. The verbal bridge signal tends to be a little bit less our voices do a lot. So they're a little bit more desensitized to our voices than they are to something that only has one meaning. So while I use verbal bridge signals and hand targets, I also want to be sure I have the traditional um, handheld target, the one I choose to use. So it's very consistent and they can identify it. And then I also use a clicker for times when I kind of want to really make sure it's very clear about the pieces we're looking for. So, and and here's a good example. One time I took Murray to do a demo. Now, Murray, he was an off-the-track thoroughbred and he, I only took him to do one demo. So he was, he's great at home. He was focused. He, you know, he was just the epitome of a nice focused horse who really was so eager to please and get it right. But I go to take him, taught him to get the trailer, load, hold, close the butt bar. He'd stay. That's all great. We go to do, I took him with Minty to do a, a little demo for like 30 people. It was a very quiet place. It wasn't a raucous thing. He was it was, he was just way over threshold. He was, he, I'm sure it reminded him of going to the racetrack. He it just was everything that was scary to him. You know, or he didn't understand. So he was just kind of a mess. So he goes and I take him in the indoor in front of people, the American horse publication people. And I take him in there and he is, he's a mess, you know, and he's just nervous. And he is down at the end and winning for the horses. I called him with a hand target. Nothing. He's not going to do it. I brought out the handheld target and said, Murray, target. And he came over and he would touch that target. So, it's telling me the value of that. It was very visual. It meant one thing. It kind of cut through the noise for him. And so, that's just something to keep in mind there. But uh, using the recall with the hand target and their name, it teaches it teaches you a recall and it does teach some name recognition. So it is a really handy tool. It's very useful and I love to do that. So I was working with a horse the other day and I just, they tend to go to your hand targets pretty easily and I held it out and I said Pete and Pete just blew me off. I mean, he didn't he didn't have any clue what that meant. There was no, he looked at me, but he had no desire to, to decide to work with me on that. So I realized I need to strategically teach this as a cue. And so what I set out to do, even just in the stall, I would go work, walk to a different corner while he was still chewing and say, Pete, and present my hand target and the second he started moving towards me, I'd click and reinforce. Sometimes I'd let him get to the hand target. Sometimes I just like the response of saying, I just want you to go, here I come and go, that's it. That's what I'm looking for is you to respond to the open hand and the voice, the, his name, and for him to make his way to the hand target. So sometimes I let him touch it, but sometimes I just said it's the response that is the most important. So that is a great way to go. And I like that tool quite a bit. And I teach it to everybody. It is something that tends to happen a little bit organically in most horses, but in the case of Pete, I was like, "Mm, you need it trained proper. So it's not a hard thing to do. Training it kind of similar, even to the regular target, the handheld target is really where you can go with it. Okay. Recall. So recall, um, this can be quite useful. Now the hand target with the name, it is a recall. You're asking them to come from what they're doing to come back to you. You're you're giving them a cue that says, come over here and come back to me. But usually it's in a closer proximity, you know, so it's not far away. They can't hear your voice or see your hand from very far away. So usually the distractions aren't quite as as hard. But like in the case with Murray and his demo, I was close enough where he could hear and see me. I still couldn't cut through the noise that was in his head, you know, the worry that was in his head, but the handheld target did. So now a recall, I tend to think of in in another capacity, think of it in a bigger and grander sense. So it is saying, I want you to leave what you're doing there and come back to me from wherever you are. So what I'm working on is with the, um, with the horses out in the track paddock, working on a recall with a cowbell. So I ring the cowbell and want them to come to me. But what I've also found is the cowbell is also a little bit scary for some of them. They're like, what the heck is that? So it's a little startling. So I'm kind of learning as I sort through these little pieces a bit. So in that situation, the end of the recall will be, I can ring the cowbell or whoever can ring the cowbell and wherever they are, whatever they're doing, when they're on the track paddock, they may be playing, they may be kind of sparring, they may be eating at one of the multi-stations out on the track paddock. So what we want them to do is to leave that and come to us to come back to wherever the, we are when we do the recall. So ultimately we will do it from the gate. So it's a way that we can call and get them to come to the gate. So we can also do this with the, um, with a whistle is another way we can do it. Cause with a using one of the dog whistles is a great, another great tool that you can use that can cut through some of the noise, can be heard over a distance. And you can even have that higher pitch where a lot of times they can, they can hear it further away. So those are different ways we do the recalls. With the the killer whales, we had an underwater tone as a recall. So no matter what was going on at the pool, if we hit the under t- underwater tone, which sound like this, beep, boop, beep, boop. <laughs> That's really what that, that one sounded like. We had a number of cues that were just different tones. But when that tone played, that meant drop what you're doing and come back to stage. Now, the important part is when they come back to stage or they come back to the gate or they come back to your hand or whatever it is that you giving them something reinforcing. So like in the situation where the, the whales are out there doing stuff and playing, we need them to be able to leave instantly and come back and go, I want to come here. I want to, it it was a safety thing for one thing. So we could call them back. But like with the situation where the horses were on the track pack, they could be out there eating already. So we ring the bell or blow the whistle and they're like, yeah, okay, well, that's fine you know, but, but I'm eating. So it's not, so it's not that valuable to them. So it's important that we have uh, something more, intriguing more a higher value reinforcer than what they're eating out there on the track paddock so when they come they may get some carrots or some apples or something that is a little bit more appetitive for them something that's more enticing and more salient more reinforcing so all of that is really important thing to keep in mind so it's not a hard concept and what we're going to do is I'm going to work with the horses on the track paddock today. And I'm going to use the whistle as opposed to using the, uh, the cowbell. Because the cowbell, we're going to get to the cowbell, but for now... I'm working in such close contact with them that the cowbell was a little disturbing and to make it stop clanging like a cowbell while I'm trying to feed them, I'd have to kind of stuff it down in my shirt to make it stop clanging. So the whistle is going to be easier to get the concept and then I will shift over to using the cowbell once they're good with the recalls in general. So that's is what we're going to work on today. So it's very easy to see where a recall is helpful. I mean, how many people, this is used to be something I heard all the time. So they, people say, I can't catch my horse in the paddock. And I would be like, well, as soon as you start positive reinforcement, that's going to go away because it does. It really, really does. But there are times when they're far away where they don't even kind of quite register that you're there. And it can be, we all know that feeling of walking out there and walking and walking and walking. And then they're like, oh, hey, and they'll let you catch them. But you're like, but now I'm exhausted because I walked 15 acres? No, just kidding. So I think it's really, um, it's a very helpful skill for them to have. It's very convenient for us, but it also can be kind of a safety thing, you know, where you can call them in from situations that might be tense. It can, um, you know, it's just, it's it's just a good thing to have. It's a good, basic, convenient safety thing to have. So we're going to work on it. It's not very hard, like I said, and I'm going to work on it with, I have three of them in the track paddock. I have Um, I have Lance, I have Tulip, and I have Indy out here today. And there's another one that is part of their group and that is Imagine. But Imagine is, uh, he's doing stuff right now. (laughs) He's being ridden or something. So he's not out here with them. But it's also kind of good to have a little bit smaller numbers. Because one of the things I know is the social dynamics of this can get a little bit messy. I've done one session with these guys so far, and I know that Indy, Indy who's incredible, is his name, Indy would kind of keep the other two away. Lance is braver than Tulip. Tulip's like, hmm. So I had to work out some of the social dynamics and feeding and make sure that I feed Indy a lot after the others eat. So if I can feed Lance and I feed Indy two handfuls. So he starts learning. It's worth my while to let then everybody come up and eat together. So there's a little dynamic there I needed to work out. I'm going to recommend for you guys, do it one at a time because it will make it where if each individual learns it separately, then as they get the idea and they can work it out, it is easier than when each one knows it to get them to each come up and work out the feeding them as a separate thing. Those social dynamics of eating together is gate manners. And, and we, we actually, I have an episode on gate manners and, and resource guarding. So that can help you with that portion of it. But for now, I'm going to work with the three, but I want you guys to pick one horse and work. And maybe if you have two that are really good together, that are your horses, you can maybe work the two together if they will eat together and and be, you know, that they're, they're socially equal and paired well. Okay. So that's what we're going to do. So there's not too much more explaining, I think, that I need to do because you, I think, it's pretty self-explanatory of why you would want this to be a skill set, your horse had, And so we're going to get right to it. So what I want you to do is go figure out what you want your recall thing to be. Do you want it to be a whistle? Maybe you do want to just start with a hand target and do it close by at first. Um, Or do you want a cowbell? Or do you want a, a different type of whistle? Or do you want You know, it can be all sorts of things that you you ring or, or clap or whatever it might be. But something ultimately that can be heard long way away is what I think of for the larger recall. The hand target recall could be a bit closer. Anyway, so go get your horse, figure out your things you might want to use as a recall. Get your horse in a good place. You need a little room to be able to get away from your horse for the recall a bit. So with the track paddock, I will be... Inside the fence and then outside the fence so that I can move along and keep, keep sounding my whistle and so, and then present the food and sound the whistle, present the food. I found once I feed them a little bit, they start following me. So I need a way to kind of get away from them just a little bit. Another thing that you might want to do is if you're in kind of close proximity, get I'm gonna get these two. I think I'm gonna get a, um a couple pans. You know those little rubber like f- pans or little feeding pans. They're very portable. They're easy to do. It's a place that I can give them some feed and let them be eating their food while I have a chance to get away. So before they pop their heads up, I can blow the whistle again. And the odds are they're gonna come to me anyway because they know that I am intriguing and a source of food and and they're already trained in other capacities. So I, that's what I'm going to do with these guys. So get your little pans if you want to use little pans, or if you have feed tubs already out there, or if you have a place where you can just chuck stuff on the ground, you can do that too. And get where you can figure out what you want to use and get your side bucket. And you might even want a target for this because you might want to call them over with the handheld target. If they're further away, it may be a way to help instigate the moving towards you to give you something to click and feed. Okay, so go get all your little pieces together, get your horse where you want him to be, and I'll meet you back here in a second, and we can start our recall work. Okay, so here we are in the lab, and meaning the field, <laughs> so in track paddock I don't even know if everybody knows what a track paddock is track paddock is basically a if you took like a big five acre field and that's like a lot of our track paddocks are based around five acre fields and what we've done is put around the outside of the field there is a dirt track and then kind of cut through the middle of the field is a dirt track so they have kind of like a big figure 80 sort of thing that they can go in. We have waters at different places. We have shelter at different places. We have feed stations at different places. And so what it does, it encourages them to move on the track. So it really does, like in one of our tracks has like, little up and down bumps. So as they run, they go up and down and up and down and up and down. So it, it kind of challenges a lot of their senses. And one of them, we have like a rolling sand pit. So we have different things. So that's what a track paddock is, As I keep talking about it. It is a way it really encourages movement with the herd. And it is, you know, we don't really have grass here, but those horses that can be rather prone to founder, a track paddock is a great way to go. Cause you can have them out without, they can be on a dirt track and still be moving and you can put them in the middle onto the grass for a little bit, but put them back out so they can still be out and moving and be part of a herd anyway. So that's a little explanation there. It's one of the things I think I take for granted that people know, but, but most people really don't know. Okay. So like I said, I have Lance tulip and Indy in the track paddock and I see them way up at the top of the, the, the track paddock. So I have, kind of hoofed my way up to them. If I just blow the whistle from far away, they do not, I've done one session. They don't know it enough that it means anything to them yet. So what I've done, I'm going to, I'm walking up there a bit and I am going to get close enough where I think they might be able to see me. And then I am where I think they might come. You know what I mean? I can, when I started this, tried this the other day, I started at the bottom and they were at the same place. They're up eating at the tops feeding station. And so I rung the cowbell And nobody did anything. And so I walk up and I walk up and nothing, nothing, nothing. And I got, as I got closer and I rang the cowbell, it startled them. (laughs) So then I was like, you know what? Let's start with the whistle. But I had to get to a certain distance with them. And when I was up close enough and I blew the whistle then, but they're close enough that they could see me. So I blew the whistle and then I presented the target. So that they started anticipating when I hear that sound, then there's the target and then I fed them. So that's what I'm going to repeat today. I had to get probably 15 feet from them before anybody kind of paid me any never mind. They were just a little bit, they'd kind of look and then they check with each other and nobody else was moving. So that one would just keep eating and then the other one would look and, and so that's kind of how it went. So I'm going to get to about probably 20 feet from them. They should be a little bit better. They didn't know why I was even up there. It's not a place where we typically go train. So I thought, I think they thought, I don't know what you're doing here, but this isn't normal. Now they're going to have a little bit more orientation towards it because we just did it the other day. So yesterday. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to, as I'm, I'm going in on the track first And I am going to, okay, so I go in the back gate here and then close it back up so nobody gets out on me. That's no fun. But that's when a recall can be quite convenient. (laughs) So there we go. I'm in here. Okay. So I'm going to go, I'm going to blow the whistle first, then I'm going to present the target. Okay, good. And that was really good. Now, I'm going to tell you. So, they came here. So, I clicked. And now, I'm reinforcing all of them. And you know what? I'm not going to use the clicker so much. Because, frankly, the guys aren't going to be using the clickers as they do the recall with them. I think the just coming to me and getting food will be good enough. I think, though, that... um, So, what happened right away? You could see that Tulip and Lance were watching Indy. Because Indy are incredible. He is really kind of rules the roost with them. So ideally it might be easier to do it with just to maybe not have Indy in this group yet until we worked out the social eating together. They, I haven't worked that out so much with him, but we can do that. So what I did is I gave him some, and I, I really discovered it the other day, figured out the dynamics of these three. And so what I did the other day, I started by giving him and then the other two, And then the other two and then him. So while he's still chewing and not too worried about getting more yet, I would feed the others and then feed them again and then come back to giving him a couple more handfuls. So he starts learning, I'm letting them eat, then I still get fed. Them eating doesn't mean I don't get to eat. So kind of working out and it it takes a little bit. It took a long time the other day to get Tulip to come up to me because he didn't, mm, he didn't feel safe with all that. But today he did come up a little bit. And I find if Tulip is on the outside, Lance is kind of in the middle and Indy's on the other edge, they tend to eat together a little bit better. So I reach out to help them feel more comfortable with their distance. I even stepped over to Tulip a little bit. Okay, so that is good. So now what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna give them each a pretty big handful and then I'm going to move around the corner. So I'm by the center part of our track paddock and it goes around the corner. Um, So it goes down to that, there's the track in the center as well as around the whole paddock. So I kind of went around the corner there. So while they're eating, they're not watching me walk away necessarily, they're kind of eating. Okay, and now they're looking like they're about ready, so I'm going to blow my whistle again. Target! Good. And now they're all moving towards me again. So that is great. So I'm starting to feed them as they were. I brought some carrots too, so I can chuck a little kind of carrot out there. They kind of all are pretty good about looking for the carrot, as long as I chuck it right there. And so that slows them down a little bit too. So now what I'm going to do is while they're eating that carrot and they're kind of breaking it up and doing their pieces, I'm going to walk a a little bit further away again. Okay, so now I'm going to go about 35 feet away. Okay, there we go. And target. Good. Here they come again. They're a little bit slower because they're kind of like, oh, we're still chewing. So that is good. I'm going to give them a few handfuls. And in my handfuls are hay pellets. Uh, so I have some a little bit mixed Cavalor and some hay pellets. And it slows them down a bit because they're very chewy and slow. So that's okay. So I gave them kind of big handfuls of that. I'm going outside of the gate now. So I'm going back out where I came out. So I'm outside of the fence now. And it lets me kind of keep a little distance from them. So I walked directly back from the track paddock. So there, and there's kind of bushes around. So I'm kind of out of sight for a second. So what I want to do is be able to reappear at the fence and call them anew. If they just keep following me, it's not really a recall. Now I can keep working on the whistle and the target and the whistle and the target till just the whistle. And, and that's kind of where I'll see if we can go there now that they're kind of in there in that mindset. And if I can get them just to follow, come to the whistle, that'd be great. But I do want to reappear kind of out of the blue. So it is a fresh come to me. Cause like I said, if they're just following me, that's not really the same as a recall. Doesn't mean the training can't be happening, but I'm trying to set it up where I can buy myself a little time to get away. So I'm back behind the trees and so I'm going to go up to the fence again and Okay, good. And they they looked over and I think now I didn't use the target that time, but I think kind of my presence there, they're already a little fixed on where where me being there. So as I kind of made my presence known, I blew the whistle and made my presence known so that they came over to me so we want basically I want the whistle to predict that the human is there and the human will most likely feed me so it, it is kind of pairing those things together so I want them to hear that whistle from far away and be able to come to me I mean we have a little time until we built up to that but, but we're doing great on this part so I've kind of ducked behind a tree again And I'm walking back up into the brush a little bit so that they kind of feel like I'm leaving and lose track of me a little bit. And I'm kind of using the tree is a little bit blocking their view. Okay. And then I'm going to come down and now I'm probably 40 feet away. I'm not so good at distances, but let's call it 40, whatever. Okay. Okay. And there I kind of made my present scene again and I'm talking to you which also gives them an idea that that, of where I am anyway but when I kind of reappear and then I blow the whistle they get the idea so they came they're coming to me again okay and I see a little bit of Indy kind of keeping them away a little bit so I'm gonna have Indy come over here on the side so I'm using a hand target and making room for the other two to be able to come in a little bit closer didn't really feed him yet because I don't want to reinforce him being snarky with the others. You know, I don't want him to think I can displace the others and I get fed. So as the others coming up, good, good, good. So now I feed him. Now I can feed the others. I got stretched to them a little bit. And that's great. And that's where I'm gonna leave it for today. I don't really need to keep going over it and over it and over it right now. Just do it where they hear it. It's a little bit novel. They get reinforced. And we'll move back a little bit further than the next time as they start to get this sorted out. So I'm going to wrap it up there. I'm already out of their track paddock. So I can just keep walking around the outside and make my hike back to back to the classroom, as it were. And so you kind of figure out where you are with your horses, get to a good place where you can wrap it up, give them a good jackpot for ending on a good note and having following you or paying attention to your recall. So that is great. So get a good place, put your horses away or leave them where they are, put your stuff away, and then we'll meet back in the classroom and we'll talk about our homework and where we go from here. You know, some exercises have lots of homework. Some have little homework. Some pretty self explanatory. This is one that does take a little bit of consistency. Even as you get it worked out, you still need a little consistency. So homework's important. We're going to talk a little bit more about it, some different pieces that you might want to add into it. But one of the things that people ask all the time is, what can I feed my horse? What do you feed? What is smart to feed? And really, you, you look at your horse as an individual, just like anything else. So having that individual uh, what are their dietary needs? What do they need? What what will help them? What is going to be? You can't just feed. Some people want to feed buckets of treats. So I'm like, oh, I don't really do that. I may have a few treats in there, but what I have found, and actually I found some great treats with Cavalor. Cavalor has some great things called Cavalor Crunchies, and they're really good for the horses. But a lot of times I use their feed, part of what they eat in their day, mixed in with some hay pellets, and so. Cavalor is a food that we do feed here, and I think it's a great one. It's it's a very minimally processed food, so it's kind of like your unjunk food. <laughs> so Cavalo is a great food. They have great treats, a Cavalier Crunchies. So let's learn a little bit more about what makes Cavalor so special. So let's listen. As we progress through the clicker training exercises, we talk about feeding the horse each time you use the clicker. Sometimes. Most of the time I use feed, but sometimes I use treats. And I love the Cavalier feed and the Cavalier treats because they use the highest quality ingredients. I can feed a lot of it, and I know it's healthy and a safe alternative to the highly processed feeds. So I think it's important that we can feel really comfortable about feeding a lot of the feed without thinking we're loading them down with sugar. And that's what you get with Cavalier. With the Cavalier feeds, you can also actually see the ingredients. So it looks like a cereal you and I would eat. And in fact, I've tasted it and it's pretty good. <laughs> and the best part is Cavalor's team is easy to work with. You can reach out to them through their website or Facebook page and a real life person will call you back to personally talk through your horse's nutritional needs. Learn more about the products at www.cavalor.us or reach out to them through their Facebook page, Cavalor North America you'll be glad you did. Okay. So with, you know, I gave you a lot of options because we kind of covered two different things. They're both recalls. There's the hand target and then the, the recall over some distance. So a hand target is still a recall. And like I said, I tend to do it with their names. So when I call their names, they can come in a close approximation. So that Continuing to work on that, that is something you can work at within your sessions. You know, so you can just be doing something and just say, Murray, and present your hand and look for him to come over and touch your hand or come towards your hand. And so that is something I start to integrate all over the place. And like I said, most horses go to your hand target pretty quick, but I want to start pairing their name with it. That's my choice. Anyway, I'm going to pair their name with it so I can call their name. They know to come when they're called. And so that part is really important. And, and, and I do integrate it all the time in sessions, the recall, like I did today, where it's over some distance, it takes a little bit more repetition. And, and look, I was still, you know, 40 feet away at best when I was doing it, I want to move it up where it's a little bit further and a little bit further and a little bit further. So, so building that up and, and giving them a chance to have some time to, to listen to it now also, and, and respond to it. You noticed in the beginning, I, um, I came up pretty, pretty close because I really wanted to set them up for success. I want them to get the idea. Once they get beaded in on me, it was a little easier because they're like, oh, she's here. We're doing that thing and where is she and they're they're focused and listening where it gets tricky is when i just do it out of the blue you know so now i'm far they can't see me i just blow the whistle and they think <gasps> that's that sound. And so that is where I want to get to. I don't want to, in this training process, I really am trying to set them up for success, setting up the antecedent arrangement. So it's easy for them to succeed and make the right choices and do the things and get honed in on what I'm doing. So that part is really important in this training phase. But as we get a little bit further, what I'm going to start to do is if I can be, maybe I'm closer, but I'm not, I come just Maybe tomorrow I'm going to come right out of the bushes up there. They're up there a lot eating by that particular station. But I'll be up there and I just immediately blow my whistle and and see if they don't come over. You know, so I'm going to be a little closer, but it's not going to be a lot of build up and me walking up. It's just here I appear and I blow the whistle. Will they come right over? I don't know. If they don't, I need to go back and kind of maybe build up the exercise and get a little closer and get them thinking for, to think from coming further away and looking for me. But the real trick is when I can get them to just hear it and come. And think, where was that? I'm going to go. Now, I want to get it down to the gate. I really want that recall. When they hear the bell, I don't want them looking for, because we'll switch to the bell once we get this worked out with the whistle. I don't want them looking for, well, where is the bell? Who has the bell? I want them to think, bell, go to gate. Just like with the whales, the whales were that beep, 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 they would go, they'd hear that tone. They went to stage. They had a place they went to. In this early part, I need to just get them to associate what that is and what it means for them. But as we build that up further and further and further, a little bit out of the blue and see if they can't get coming to it instantly. But, But quickly try to get yourself work back to the place where you want to end the session. I mean, where you want them to end up coming as the recall. In yeah. its early stages, I couldn't quite get them there. They were too engrossed in what they're doing. They knew they're out for the whole afternoon playing and it wasn't, it, you know, that just wouldn't have helped it set them up for success. So what I did is go make it closer, but I'll start leading them back towards where I want that final station to be. So when they hear the whistle, when they hear the bell, they're like, go to that place. Now, what's convenient about our gate? We also have two big Rubbermaid feed tubs there. So it's easy to throw food in there when they get there and they can start grazing and it becomes a little bit of a feed station. You know, so they're kind of learning to station, which we have talked about stationing and stationary targeting. So it's kind of a rendition on this, but it is getting the cue to be the sound of the whistle or the bell or the, whatever you want to use until they can get further and further apart. So, or further and further away and they know where to, to station to. So that is going to kind of be your homework is building up the, the, the surprise factor of it. And can they respond just immediately and go without thinking, Oh, what are you doing here? And getting in the habit of it. So use a little bit of the habit and the routine in the beginning to get them where they get the idea. I hear it. I go. 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 And then then as you build up that distance, and you can also make it where sometimes I want them to come trotting down. I don't want them to go, I'm milling down. Now, doesn't mean I won't take it because coming at any pace is good, but sometimes if I see them trotting as they get closer, I may click them actually for that and, and let them know that I like it with a little bit more speed. So that is something that you can determine as your criteria, you know, it, it, if they come in any case, I will reinforce them, but sometimes I will do a little, pay a little extra attention. If I want to shift it to, I want you to run here. And tip, typically once one starts moving, then the other starts moving, then they start going Bam! it a little race to you you know, that's kind of how it tends to go. So that part you don't typically need to work on too much. But anyway, so those are all things to be thinking about as you're thinking about trying to get the recall with your horses. And there you go. It And it should remember, it should be fun. Training should always be fun. Whatever you're doing with your horse, be, be fun for you and your horse. So keep it that way. Don't get too worried about you know, I didn't do it exactly right or what's happening, just make it fun and try to make it successful. If they're having success, it will be considered fun. If you're getting to a point where they're not really having success, take steps back so that it can, so you're minimizing frustration. You're having them in the game. They like it. It's easy. And then slowly you're moving that criteria up little by little until they're enjoying playing the game. Anyway, so there you go. That's the recall. And I think you'll have a lot of fun with it. All right. You can listen to this episode on most of your favorite podcast players. You can listen on the Horse Radio Network app, which of course is available for both Android and your Apple products, your iPhones. Um, just search Horse Radio Network in the app store. It's free and it's easy to use. And we all know that apps make it really easy to find things. Cuts out a lot of steps typically. So be sure to visit all the great shows on the Horse Radio Network at www.horseradionetwork.com. It is, there is chock full of fun things to listen to and gives you great ideas and it can be everything from nutrition to a specific discipline or just full on silliness and said, so it is great fun. So search around on that Horse Radio Network and find some things that you enjoy if you haven't already. All right. And if you want to learn more about me or what I'm up to or who I am or what I'm doing, or like I said, you want to find products or you want to listen to the podcast or you want to submit some Ask Sean answers, you can questions and answers. You can go to uh, my website, Vianova website. So you can Google Shauna Karish and you're going to find. Find uh Via you're gonna find Shauna Kyrash, you're gonna find on target training. We're all together now, and you can search my pages on there if for uh for product or or whatever you want to do, and you can find out what we are up to and when we're starting workshops again. And you can sign up for a newsletter to stay abreast of all that we have happening in this neck of the woods down here. Anyway, so until next time, you enjoy getting your horse on target.